You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. To the congregation, Pastor Jeremiah, his first lady, and those, I believe, watching online, uh, thank you all for having me today. Um, Jeremiah asked me to talk about DIG, but all, last night, I kind of felt like I, I wanted to represent myself, Stephen, the man, the person that is that is dealing with the same problems that every single person in the world is dealing with now, the people that are dealing with hurt, the people that are dealing with this disease, and the people that are trying to find their way out of it. Um, but I must be obedient <laughs> and do give you an update of DIG. Uh, so we are currently active in all of our sites in Broadway and Williston. Uh, we're doing both virtual and we're doing both on-site after-school programs. So if you have a child in the first or eighth grade, first through eighth grade, they can participate virtually or on-site um, at our DIG STEM after-school programs. Um, you can register online. Um, another update is Unfortunately, we had to cancel our typical STEM festival that is right there on Main Street with all the beautiful tents and attractions. Um, but we decided to, um, I was telling Pastor Jeremiah in the back that we, we went, in, I tell my staff and I try to lead with solution thinking. Um, you know, we, we have so many problems going on. I say, so what about the solution? I always say, what are the solutions though? What are the solutions? And that solution to canceling the festival will be on September the 26th where we will have a drive-in STEM theater uh, right behind First Baptist Church uh, near the dog park where you can drive up in the comforts of your own car, be safe from um, any type of activity and social distancing while also enjoying a day of STEM with your family, fireworks, um, and a lovely movie at the end. So, Jeremiah, <laughs> I've done my job of updating with DIG, uh, but as I mentioned earlier, um, last night a message that came, I was telling Jeremiah, I haven't gotten anything yet. You know, I'm waiting, I haven't gotten a message yet. And it came about 12 a.m. last night, and I, I wrote till about 3 o'clock in the morning. So please bear with me, but I felt like I had a shift of what I wanted to talk about um, and, and address the current times. So today I speak to you as a man going through the same things that all of you are going today, not Stephen the president, not Stephen the CEO, not Stephen the business guy, not the one that seems like he has everything going, going well. I come to you as that person. So I start off by saying, you know, when I started DIG, I understood 100% sure of what my purpose was. I believe my purpose is to, to help and to speak on the behalf of the forgotten, to speak on behalf of the hopeless, the unheard, the dreamers but needing resources, the parents who suffer quietly but needing help, the communities that are full of potential but lack the resources, and for those with big dreams but are living in small places or barren lands. I believe I've been chosen to be a representative for the common man but not a common man with little, little dreams, but one of extraordinary potential. Because I am, too, a common man, and just like all of you. So today I'm going to shift my normal motivation tone of, of dreaming big, shooting for the stars, and our cliche term of digging deep. But instead, I'm going to address the elephant. Not the elephant in the room, but the elephant in the world, the one that is sitting on our heads of the thing that we all call life, the elephant we now know as 2020. (laughs) 
See, sometimes in order to get to where we are going, we must address exactly where we are. And I do believe that we are now in a season, a season of transitioning and a season like I like to call a season where we're in the middle. Uh, So my first verse that I want to come from is Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1 through 11. And it says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden of God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning till the end. See, as so many times we attempt to move forward by ignoring the present issues and only carrying the same weight and the same energy into our future from our present state. See, I believe that we are in the middle of two seasons, and I know that, and we all know that two seasons cannot occupy at the same time. And if you try, (laughs) don't be surprised if you have those hurricane seasons. So today I want to address the present tense. I want to address the reality of the times we are currently living in with hopes to show a way to a better future where we receive all the things we are promised in Scripture. Move forward into the life of happiness, prosperity, and where our dreams are secured to a state of reality. Our present season right now is one of pain, heartache, disease, losses, hopelessness. We are in a season of famine, economic despair, self-hatred, waste wars, and a great season of division. But we are in a time of need and a time for love and a time for change. We are in a season where mental sanity has now become a privilege. Our mental state is now a privilege. It's something that we used to take for granted, but now we cherish the most. We are in a season where dry tears of saddened eyes crying from a world that lacks the empathy to care for those tears. How can we fix problems when we lack to identify them? How can we fight when we are weakened? So what do we do and where do we go from here? Again, I think it's best that we address our problems first before we can move forward. And I hope by the end we can start identifying the solutions to these problems. 
I want to address the questions that our leaders dodge, the questions that we do not bring up at work, the questions that we are ashamed to ask in church, the questions that we bottle up in the side and cover up with makeup, clothes, and crooked smiles. Today, I want to help that little person in all of us that is crying out for help, that is crying out for answers, that is crying out for guidance and understanding. I want to address the elephant in our world. I feel the pain people are feeling are way past just encouraging words in a motivational speech, which is why I changed my tone in a few scriptures. People are wanting understanding and mental relief and solutions. So today I raise the following questions so that we can address our problems. Where does the hopeless find hope? We are in a digital world where we can pull all, any motivational speeches, any scriptures, any quotes, any sermons within seconds to hopes to be inspired. I live that way. But in today's time, people need less motivational and inspiring words and need more motivational and inspiring acts to restore that hope. We need tangible acts to restore prosperity. So the question is, where does a single parent who cries themselves to sleep at night worrying where their child milk will come from because their wages were cut due to COVID go, but yet has to maintain the image of togetherness because we live in a world where we have a thing called statusism and they have to keep that status. Where do the parents who work for a living barely to make ends meet go for help when they realize their three kids are now in need of a computer that each and every single one of them have, but they can't afford? Where does the rehabilitated ex-con go when he needs a job to take care of his family? Where does the family who goes to church every single Sunday hearing a message of prosperity, unity, and hope go for advice when their home is being foreclosed? These are the people that I encounter daily. These are the messages that are in my inboxes. And Jeremiah, I encourage you because I can understand the burden you have because these are the burdens that I feel daily and that I have to address. Also, the burdens of my personal life. But what do you do when you have been optimistic but watch multiple friends and family members die within months? This has impacted my family. So what do you do and where do you go from here? Unfortunately, these are the times that we all are living in. And these are the true questions of the people I represent and that I speak for. Where do we go when our whole life we've been taught to pray it away? And for the first time, we are beginning to doubt the same scriptures that we've learned our whole life. And what do we do in the world where truth has been exposed and we realize that all branches aren't olive and all trees don't bear fruit? So what do we do and where do we go from here? Who do we cry out to? As leaders. See, we are guilty sometimes for only highlighting the glorious moments in life, guilty of only speaking of those prosperous moments in the Bible, telling the triumphant story of our heroes, but later to learn that our heroes were suffering the most while we were celebrating and only acknowledging their gifts, but ignoring the man himself. See, I think of Chadwick Boseman, my superhero, my Black Panther suffering when he gave his world his greatest gifts, despite fighting cancer 
So where do we go when even our heroes die? Where do we go for inspiration now? So what do we do and where do we go from here? See, my entire life I've been taught to pray and seek the word and not to lean on my own understanding, as my mother often says, but that of God. But I've been feeling that the climate of the world is growing weary and starting to think that the word sometimes just isn't enough. We are beginning to travel down a road of fear, anxiety, faith, faithlessness, and hopelessness. So what do we do and where do we go from here? So we are accustomed and have grown to the anticipated once upon a time and the end, right? That's, that's how we try to live our lives. See, but when we are seeking the purpose in our dreams, God often shows us the beginning and the end, but he always leaves out the middle, which is the season that we are in. We are in the middle. He never shows us the road in between of our destinations, the middle passage. And one of the reasons I believe that, because I believe that God built all of us with a purpose inside us intended to use for his good. And I believe that if he showed us the middle, many of us would quit on the fact of knowing that transition is where the most pain and the most hurt will come from. See, the middle is when we must make decisions. Do we move forward or do we turn back? The middle is where we stay focused or do we lose sight. The middle is often a time of great uncertainty. It is also a place of great loss. See, today, my friends, I believe we are living in the middle. These are my only explanations to COVID-19, to race wars, to increased unemployment, to poverty, and to the hopelessness that is plaguing us. 2020 truly hasn't been unkind in this middle transition. See, the middle has created a change in areas we have been normally selectively blinded to. Are we forgiving people blindly? Are we blind to the homeless or the, the homeless guy walking down the street? Are we blind to our neighbors and their problems? And are we colorblind? What this pandemic has been doing is Filtering. See, the definition of filtering means to separate things that are not of like. God is filtering us in this middle passage. In this season, he is making room for the average. He is showing the greatness in the ordinary, the heart of the forgotten, the strength of the weak, and the glory of the oppressed. He is preparing those who move forward for a life of prosperity and happiness, not those who turn around. You don't really hear about the middle season of transition season because oftentimes it is the worst season of our lives. It's the worst seasons of the movies, and it's the worst seasons of the book. As much as I would like to love and hold on to my most properest moments in my glory days, I am reminded that you can't hold on once again to two seasons at the same time. See, it is in the middle where we are challenged the most and where we are required to be the strongest. See, in any structure, this is my engineer of mine, <laughs> the middle holds the most weight. I see pillars, I see pillars, and they're strategically located in 
the middle of this building. And in construction terms, this is called load bearing. This is where we must carry the heaviest load. The middle is where we must bear the most load and endure the most. But I want to remind you that the promise is still the same. The vision is still the same. See, in life is when we experience the most pain is when we know we are about to birth something. See, when a woman is pregnant, she experiences the worst pains right before the birth. So know that though we are in the middle, if you push forward, we will birth something great into the world, all of us. See, the middle is the necessary process before the end and after the beginning, the process before the promise and the process before we all fulfill our purpose. So we all know the story of Job and how he was given twice as much for his obedience. But we are living in the end of, well, we aren't living in the end of Job's life. We are living in the middle of Job's life. We are in the moments where Job lost everything. We are in the moments where Job received the news that his livestock, that his 10 children all have died. These are the moments in a time that we are living in called the middle. We are, we are in the moments before Joseph became the ruler of Egypt. We are in the moments before Joseph became the ruler of Egypt. We are in the moments when he was enslaved and later in prison, the middle. See, in the middle where we must now, we must not lose sight and remember we are promised the desires of our hearts. See, when it seems like God is taking everything we love and trying everything we love, everything that gave us hope he's taken, is, it is then we must be like Job and still honor him and trust that we have lost or we be given back tenfold for our obedience. The middle is when finances fall, when death comes, and the world sometimes seems to turn its back on us. But it is then we must be like Job and move forward and be like Joseph, and forgive our enemies. See, it is in these moments of misfortune, these middle moments, we must remember what God has promised us, because beyond the middle, everything that tried to hold us back is the same thing that would catapult us forward. A scripture that I came up with was Jeremiah 29, 11, 12. Know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not fear or evil. To give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah wanted me to give us all hope today. And I wanted to start off by addressing our problems so that we can see, address those and get the hope that we need to move forward and not turn back. When we decide to move forward beyond the middle, we then find our solutions. We must live and understand that no ending has ever became without the middle story, the middle lessons, and the middle heartache. So what do we do and where do we go from here? We move forward and we lean on the biblical principles and the belief that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, and that God will provide us all the desires of our hearts. We must trust this in this season. The solution, <laughs> so one thing about the solution is it always involves change. Every solution we come up in life 
always involves us to change. In the middle, we always have the choice to turn around or move forward. People know from the side to turn around and not move forward because forward is where change is required. And we like the way that we are, but we don't like the suffering that we have in the state that we're in, and yet we don't change. I started my journey to change the community I grew up in, but to do so, I knew I would need resources. <laughs> Jeremiah and I had a conversation when he first moved here about you know, creating things in, in rural areas. See, I was able to start, and I had my end in mind, but the middle required so much work and some adversity for me. Should I turn around or should I move forward when I reach that middle? See, I had a million-dollar dream on a thousand-dollar budget. <laughs> a million-dollar dream on a thousand-dollar budget. So how can you get change when you're broke? This was the middle process for me. One I was willing to take because the ending was still what I was promised. I can still see the vision. I can still see the end. I didn't lose sight on what was promised in the middle process. See, the solutions to all of my earlier questions, thank you, lies in the middle, in the middle of our hearts, in the middle of our souls. See, the tools to solve these problems are given to all of us, Jeremiah, in forms of our gifts. Those are the solutions, our gifts. The reason we aren't moving forward fast is because we are using our gifts for the purposes God hasn't intended them for. He gave us the gift to give to others. We are using them selfishly. So where is the gifted mathematician who might be called to tutor the children and close the education gaps? Where are the carpenters called to rebuild his neighborhood and his communities? Where are the chefs called to feed the hungry? Where are the investors called to donate their property and their facilities to do well in our communities? Where is the car salesman called to give away a car to a single mother? And where are the doctors called to heal those without medical insurance? And most importantly, where are the churches called to heal our communities? See, we are the solution to all of our problems. God has already put the gifts in all of us to change the world that we are living in, to change this middle, this middle state. But we must first be a servant, just as Joseph and Job. All had visions of the end, but used their gifts to get through the middle. See, but God can't fix something we choose not to deliver on. God has gifts of blessings wrapped in each one of us, but, with, but, what is, is used, but, but what it is used of possessing a gift that never is given. So imagine I give you a gift and it's wrapped and it's all perfect and I tell you to give this away, but you put it on the counter. So what is the use of us having these gifts that we never give away? We look at the gifts on our shelves. See, dig, <laughs> you know, we, when we talk about gifts, I, 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 people often ask me, um, hey, what can we do to help dig? And I say, what do you do well? What is your gift? I can't do that, right? You know, so instead I get to dig. Oh, dig is good. They're covered. They don't need me. Pastor Jeremiah, he's good. You know, he doesn't need me. He seems like he's doing well. He got it all together. See, it's a part of our history, so move on. That's some things we often hear. See, the gifted are faced with a choice. Turn around, stay hidden, 
or use their gifts to move us forward. The gift and often stay hidden because their gifts would lead them back to the middle place they once traveled through. That is one of the hardest things of being a leader and achieving a certain level of success is you went through processes before. And sometimes God calls you to lend your gift to others, which take you through a different process. You know, when I was in engineering, made six, figure, six figures, and I made it. I made it out of Williston. I'm an engineer. I'm doing well. I'm traveling the world. But I'm called to take an 85% pay cut to serve my community. That's the, that's, the, that's the trouble part. You don't want to ling your gift because, once again, it takes you through another middle passage. So they ignore the issues and the problems. See, Joseph brothers tried to forget that they had sold him into slavery to make themselves feel better. It is easier to ignore the things than it is to face them. But we can't fix or change problems that we are selectively blinded to. I will say that again. But we can't fix things or change problems that we are selectively blinded to. See, the gifted sometimes go through life with social blindfolds. This is what the gifted do. We have social blindfolds. Are we homeless blind? Are we neighbor blind? Are we color blind? Are we blind to anything that requires us to use our gifts for someone except ourselves? See, there are a few gifted who is willing to provide the solutions to the elephant in the world. And that's one, Jeremiah. Thank you for traveling to Williston. I believe to get the solutions and our desired future, we had to be stripped to a place where our hearts were exposed and the ill-hearted to be filtered from the good. This is what this pandemic is doing to us. Once again, it's filtering, it's sorting, and it's bringing out the good and exposing the bad. And we now know who we can go to war with. See, the definition of filter means to separate things that aren't of the same kind. God is truly filtering. He is exposing the evil and hatred and raising leaders full of gifts that will be used to change our world. He is showing the greatness in the ordinary, the heart of the forgotten, the strength in the weak, and the glory of the oppressed. So what side of the filtering will you be on? In the middle, God will cause you to let go of the things that you knew were concrete. I had to let go of my job. It was concrete. And grab hold to the things that we aren't sure of and the things that we aren't certain of because that's the path to move forward. He will make you leave the old plan (laughs) before the new plan is materialized. I left before I realized how I was going to compensate for my income. So he will make you leave the old plan for the new plan before it is materialized. So, pursue it with everything you got. Joseph didn't know the middle adversity he went through, he went, that he went through would be preparing him to rule Egypt and save his people. Joseph didn't know the adversity that he would go through would be preparing him to lead Egypt and save his people. But he continued to move forward. So, my friends, we are all in the middle. See, the middle is when we must try and then hope. Try and then hope, not hope and then try. The middle is where you must keep your eye on the prize and your vision. The middle is where we must change the most, and the middle is where we are truly exposed. It is where you can see our pain. It is where you can see our hurt, but it's also where we require your empathy. 
The middle is where we will endure the most pain. But if we choose to move forward, it is when we experience the birth of God's promises. So what do we do and where do we go from here? I encourage you all to use your gifts as we move forward today. Call your schools, call your nonprofits, call your churches, and tell them, I have a gift, and I want to use it to change our community. I want us to move forward and gain the promises that we all can have. And I understand that it takes all of us and every single one of us to do that. And the things of our world that is dividing us to reach that promise will no longer divide us anymore because we have people that look like me, that look like Pastor Jeremiah, that, have, that are Republicans, that are Democrats, that are different genders, different races, different sexual orientation, who are all leaders willing to work for the better world to remove the elephant that is plaguing us in our life. So with that, I would like to end. I apologize if I came off a little saddened today, but for Jeremiah to move on and bring prosperity to our community, I felt that I was tasked to help him by addressing the problems. So thank you for your time. Amen. Amen. <laughs> while, you were, while you were preaching and speaking, the scripture came to mind, and, and I think it's very fitting. In Psalms 147, verses 3 through 7, it starts off with, He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars, and he calls them all by name. Verse 5 says, Great is our Lord, and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. And I'll end in verse 7. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God. And I think that uh, I'm going to have you pray for us in a second. Uh, I felt um, with this scripture and what he was saying is that there are people here and there are people we know out in the community that are brokenhearted in various ways with their family, with what's going on in the world, with their job. They're brokenhearted. They're brokenhearted inside. They need something to have hope for. Where are they going to find the hope? Where are they going to find it? And it's right here in the church. It's right here, the churches in the community. We are the beacon of hope. We are the salt and light of the earth. We are a city set on a hill. You have the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. It dwells inside of you. And so I believe if today there's something that is broken inside of you, a broken heart for whatever, for your family, for the community, for whatever's going on, I'm going to ask Stephen to pray for us today because God heals the brokenhearted and to pray for you today that God will move whatever's going on in your middle. I think it's going to be healing, number one, to you, number one, to the people here, and to start for something that we declare because life and death is in the power of our tongue. And we are going to start speaking life in this community. Yes, I know what it's saying out there on CNN and on Fox News and on social media. That's all death, but not in this house, not in Press Church. We're speaking life in that God is going to heal and bind and wound and bind the wounded and heal the brokenhearted. So can you just pray for us and uh, pray for the brokenhearted that God is moving and healing in us? Lord God, I come to you humbly asking you 
to aid us in this process that we call the middle. Lord, God, I ask that you speak to every single individual in our communities, in our world, and those living online, and restoring them the mindset of hope and restoration. Lord God, I challenge you to challenge those to step up and join those who are trying to lead us into your promise. Lord God, I ask that you forgive those who have left us astray, Lord God. Lord God, I ask that you speak to our leaders so that they no longer lead by emotional states, but they lead with their minds and their hearts and the word that you put inside of them, Lord God. Lord God, I ask that you bring peace into the world, Lord God. I ask that you remove all symbols that divide us and symbols of hate and restore it with symbols of love and symbols of care. Lord God, I ask that you speak into the minds of our children, Lord God, to let them know that they can do all things, no matter where they're from, how they look, or who their parents are, Lord God. I ask that you restore hope, Lord God. I ask this, Pastor Jeremiah says that the church once again becomes the beacon of hope and something that we can lean on and prop on and be that center and be that load-bearing structure that the whole community can lean on, Lord God. Lord God, I ask that you rebuild structures and you rebring jobs, Lord God. I ask that you restore things that are dead and broken, Lord God. And I ask that you allow us to move forward in times where we need to move forward and not look backwards, Lord God. And that I ask in your darling son, Jesus' name, pray and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up today as we get ready to head out. If y'all could, could y'all extend y'all's hands towards Stephen? He, he is a, a busy, busy man. Uh, he's got a lot going on. He's got a lot in his heart. Uh, he's got a lot of dreams. And I love the statement that he made that he has a million-dollar dream on a thousand-dollar budget because that is faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so we believe uh, that I would rather have a close friend and someone who has a million-dollar budget, I mean a million-dollar dream with a thousand-dollar budget, than someone who has a thousand-dollar budget and only wants to spend ten dollars. Um, and so this man, I've told y'all before, behind the scenes encourages me as a pastor uh, to push further, to believe uh, better, and look at this community in a different way, and, and all those things. And, and so he's been such an inspiration to me. And so when you see Dig out and about, when you see him on social media, when you see him running uh, like he always does from town to town, uh, just say a prayer for him. Lift him up and his family, uh, his his organization up, the people that are teamed up with him. So Father, we just thank you right now for Stephen. And I just pray that you continue to cover him uh, with your protection, with your peace, with your love, and with your resources, Father. That he has stepped out in faith. He has heard your calling. He has obeyed. And Father, it says that there is a blessing, Father. It says in your word, uh, when they were talking to Doubton Thomas, yes, it's good that you believed and you saw, but blessed are those who believe and haven't seen yet. And so, Father, I thank you for this man of God. I thank you for his family, that you're protecting them. You're causing uh, health and prosperity to grow in their lives because of the seeds that he has sown in the back end, Father. A great harvest will uh, be brought to him in the forefront. Father, I thank you for new vision. I thank you for fresh vision. I thank you uh, that you're continually to inspire him and encourage him and cause him to dream and push for things that everybody else says, that can't be done. How's he going to do that? 
and he's going to step back and laugh and say, look what my God's about to do. And so I thank you for this friendship, and I thank you uh, for uh, this bond that you've brought us together to encourage each other and lift each other up so that we can attack uh, the dark forces in this community and bring shining light, your love and your peace and your presence and your salvation to this community in different ways, Father. And so I just thank you for this man and for what he's doing and what he's going to continue to do. Give him strength. Give him wisdom. Give him power. Give him might. You haven't given him a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind in the name of Jesus. And now, Father, I thank you for your people here. I thank you that they are blessed. I thank you that they are the head and not the tail. I thank you that they have the mind of Christ. I thank you that their bodies are healed from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. I thank you that they are the salt and light of the earth. I thank you that they're miracle workers. I thank you that they go out and they change everywhere they go. It says in the scriptures that we are the fragrance of the gospel of Jesus, Father. And so I ask you to bless your people, protect your people, cause them to prosper in everything they do, and bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it. God bless y'all, and we'll see y'all next Sunday. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.